Amen. Well, listen, uh, I want to share some thoughts with you today that uh, I believe God put in my heart, especially for this day, and partially, uh, partly to get us ready for this time of seeking the Lord as we begin a new year. Do you get excited when a new year comes? I, I know some people say, like, oh, well, it's just another day. But I know a lot of us, man, it's like, man, New Year's, it's a new year. Although the sun came up this morning, well, tried to come up like it does most other days, you know. And, uh, but still, it's like something about that. And, you know, I, I believe that the Lord, uh, you know, throughout the uh, Old Testament, when he gave his people the different dates of festivals and that sort of thing, I, I think that just sparked an anticipation. And I don't think it's any accident that we have a calendar. You know, there's B.C. and there's A.C. and it's all about Christ. Amen. And so, you know, January 1st is a special day because it starts a new year. And I just think the Lord does that to give us something, man, where we can say, look, you know, this is a new day. It's like a new beginning. And you know, I've always thought this one of the most awesome things about God is you can always start over. You know, it doesn't matter how bad things were yesterday, man, you can start over today. His mercies are new every morning. And so as we uh, get started in this new year, I just want to try to pump you up a little bit this morning. I believe that's what the Spirit of God wants to do. I was telling Brother Nick, man, I tell you, I feel like there's a rumbling in the Spirit. I mean, you know, there's like, like, you know, there's this deep, low rumbling like a volcano that's fixing to erupt spiritually. And, you know, I just feel like there's things that's been hidden, covered up, just things that you hadn't been able to get through or get to in your life. And that rumbling is fixing to come out like a volcano. And it's just going to break some things. Are you ready? Do you want to be a part of that? Do you want some of God in your life? Do you want more? I tell you what, I want more. God was real good to me last year, but I want more this year. How about you? Let's get ready. You know, I I just found out, you know, a long time ago that God's not the problem. (laughs) It's it's what stands in my shoes. That's what holds God back. And so, you know, if I prepare myself, then I can receive what God's already done because he's already done it all. He's already bought it all. He's paid for it all. He's already made every way for you and I to walk in victory and the blessings of God in our life. We just need to get lined up to receive it. And, you know, in talking, I'm just going to keep going back to that thing about the fasting because, you know, we just can't get around that. Man, that just prepares you to receive what God has. It just prepares us for that. Amen. So before I get too far in this, look, I'm going to pray and ask God to help me. I need some help this morning. Would y'all pray with me? Father God, we thank you for your word, Lord, and we pray for the presence of your spirit. And we even thank you now, oh God, for what you're going to do in here today. God, we just thank you for touching us in Jesus name, in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Expectancy. You know, uh, at the next service, my newest grandbaby is going to be here. I don't know if it's a boy or girl yet, because he's not going to be born until June, but he's uh, coming with his mommy and, uh, and, and, you know, she's expecting and, you know, they've been rearranging furniture and planning a baby's room, you know, and all that stuff. Why? Anticipation, man, that baby is coming. And that's the same sort of thing. Are you expecting something from God? Yeah. <laughs> hey, come on now. Are you expecting something from God this year? Let's, let's look to God for more than we had last year. Let's be expecting. And, you know, although that, that fasting is, is, a, is a week away, like I mentioned, let, let's get ready, y'all. Let's just start getting prepared emotionally, get ready for that. Just start seeking the Lord. Lord, just how do you want me to fast, Lord? What do you want me to do? Lord, what do you want me to believe for? You know, I've had years that I just entered the fast, 
you know, and didn't even have a list of things. Man, I've already got a list this year. <laughs> and, uh, and I'll be honest with you, I've had years that, that I entered the fast and wasn't even ready. I mean, like come to church that Sunday and Brother Todd's preaching on fasting and I'm going, oh Lord, help me. I haven't even thought about fasting. I've just let myself get too busy and distracted with life, you know. And so I'm blowing the trumpet this morning. We've got a week left, okay? We have a week left. So you can start looking at that and getting ready and get ready for it. You know, on the Sermon of the Mount, Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talked about three things there that Jensen Franklin in his book referred to as like a three-stranded cord. And uh, I just want to mention those briefly. In Matthew 6, in verse 3, it says, But when you give to someone, don't tell your left hand what your right hand is doing when you give. And verse 6, it says, But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your father secretly. Then your father, who knows all secrets, will reward you. And then in verse 16, He said, and when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do who try to look pale and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I assure you that is the only reward that they will ever get. So in those three verses, he talks about when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. You notice that he didn't say if. And, you know, and I know that a lot of times, you know, when we talk about praying and trying to take time out of our busy schedules to go pray and fast and all that, man, it's like, whew, it's, it's almost hard to grasp sometimes. But brothers and sisters, we're called to that. We're called to that. And, um, you know, I know that starting next week, Pastor Todd is going to start a new series on prayer and fasting called The Practice of Prayer. And he's going to be preaching on those two, the prayer and the fasting. But I want to get to that other one, the giving part. And I'm not talking about money, you know, and, and I know that, you know, it talks about, you know, and, and, and when we give, in fact, in, uh, in some uh, versions in the New King James Version it says when you give alms or, or when you do good deeds, that sort of thing, but giving of ourselves, sometimes, you know, it's easy to give money, you know, but boy, when we got to start giving of ourselves, sometimes that's the harder thing. And, you know, that, that starts with us giving to God, which do God. Because he bought us with a price. He bought us with a price. And so I, the first thing I want to talk about, I want to talk about giving in. Giving in. Because, you know, if I don't give in to God no more than I did last year, I probably won't get any more than I got last year. And I want more. Not greedy. I just know God already has it laid up for me. He's got stuff laid up for you. He's got a plan for your life. He's got blessings for your life. He's got breakthroughs for your life. But we're going to have to give in. And so I want to start with the first question. Who's in charge? Who's in charge? And, you know, I can answer that by realizing this. Who do I go to directions or when I need a decision to be made, who do I go to? You know, sad to say, it's usually me. What about you? Who's in charge? And see, if I'm in charge, I'm going to make my own decisions, decide my own directions, but that's not right. It needs to be God that needs to be in charge. I need to give in. I need to give in. 
And you know, when we consider that, my next question is this, have I done a good job? How good of a job have you done last year? How good of a job did I do last year in decisions and finding direction in God? How good is that job? Psalm 16 verse 11 says this, you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand or pleasures evermore. Pleasures evermore. You know, one of the most frustrating things about life is to have a hunger that's not met. Just to be hungry for something, have just have a want in your life that you can't, you can't satisfy, you can't fill it. That's frustrating. That's so frustrating. But listen, God is the only one that can satisfy those wants, that hunger that you and I can get from life. You know, we can, we can try to satisfy it with, you know, a new hobby or some new adventure or a new someone. But you know what? It only satisfies temporarily. It's not permanent. And we can go off and get into this and that and the other thing. But that's not what's going to bring an everlasting happiness or a, a true contentment. In, in Psalm 16 11, you know, it says that the Lord's going to show us the path of life. And, and in that life is fullness of joy and pleasures ever, evermore. Man, that just contentment, no hunger. Like, who, man, I'm, I wake up satisfied. I'm satisfied because I know that whatever I have need of, the Lord's going to provide it. I'm just content because my eyes aren't wandering out there. I'm seeking him and he's the one that's in charge. I've given in. I've given my life over to him. He's in charge and he satisfies the Lord. He satisfies. And so come on, y'all. It's time to take inventory. You know, I'm not asking you to raise your hand or nothing, but who's been calling the shots? How satisfied are you? How content are you on the inside with life? You know, I'm not talking about how content am I with where I go to church or how content am I on Sundays with messages Brother Todd preaches? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you leave here and you go back to your house or you go to your job or whatever. You know, we'll get real good at, you know, my boss, my job, my this, my that, my spouse. Look, I'm telling you, that's not it. That's not it. Who's in charge? Who's in charge? We've got to give in. And allow God to work into our life. And so if we just give in, make up that, make your mind up today. I'm going to give in and I'm going to start this year by seeking God and let God begin to show me, make changes in my life. I'm opening my life up to you, God. I want you to be in charge. I'm not calling the shots anymore. Let's call upon the name of the Lord. Now, the next thing, next question, how do I change it? How do I change from me being in charge, you know, to God being in charge? You know, two biggest things that stops us from deciding to make a change. Let's take a look at that. Number one, we don't know how or if we can do it. You ever face something in your life that you said, man, I need to get this out of my life. But, but then a fear grabs you. I don't know that I can. I don't know that I can make that big of a change. That's been such a big part of my life, and it it means a lot to me. I don't know that I can change that, even though I believe God is calling calling me to make a change. And we're fearful that we won't be able to do it. And number two, I don't know what's on the other side of that change. What's that change going to bring my life to? It can be scary, right? 
It's fearful sometimes. It's fearful because, you know, where if we've lived our life and we've been the one that's in charge and we've been calling the shots and making the decisions, it's like all of a sudden we're going to hand the reins over to God. Oh, God, how well do I know you? Can I trust you, Lord? Come on. See, good, good thing about prayer and fasting is you can get close enough to God to realize, yeah, I can trust him. Amen. He doesn't change. He doesn't play tricks. He's constant. He's faithful. He loves me. He's going to take care of me. He knows what I want. He knows the desires of my heart. Lord, you know how to bless me. We don't have to be afraid of that. But let's look at the answer to those two. The how and the ability to do is God's, first of all. Well, I don't have to be afraid of if I can do it or, or how I'm going to do it. That's God's part. That's God's part. All we've got to do is give in. It's just give in and allow him to begin working in my life. Psalm 18 verse 6 says, In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. And he heard my voice from his temple and my cry came before him even to his ears. And then Psalms 34 verse 4 says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all of my fears. Isn't that good? So my part is but to call and to seek. To call and to seek. We can do that. And you know, when we enter in a time of prayer and fasting, yo, that's what we're doing. It's not to lose weight, although Lord knows I could do that. <laughs> Man, them stretch 36s are stretched. <clears throat> but that's just a byproduct. It's not, it's not to lose weight, okay? It's to seek the face of God, to find God. Amen. Oh, man. Get past those fears. My part is to call and to seek, and he will provide the way and the ability. If I give in to God, he will provide the way and the ability. Now, what about what's on the other side of change? You know the thing about that is you never know till you get there. You ever figured out God? Don't waste your time. I mean, sometimes his grace and through his grace, he'll like show you what's coming. Okay. But just, just hang on. It's all good. You know, Forrest Gump said, life is like a box of chocolates. You know, the good thing is all sweet. You might not know what you're getting next, but it's still sweet. But you know, that's like God. Sometimes you don't know what you're getting next, but it's all sweet. It's all sweet. And so, you know, Sometimes we have trouble believing for things or believing in things that we haven't seen. But, you know, I've never seen a million dollars stacked up in one pile, but that's a real thing. And just because I haven't seen that doesn't mean it's not. It is real. And so just because we haven't seen it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. But God, God is the one that comes and he, he provides things and he plants things in our heart. You know, the prophet Joel said that the old would dream dreams and the young would see visions. Let's not stay stuck where we are. Let's go see what God has for us. Can we just give in to God? Giving in, giving in. Now, I believe the next thing is, is, is giving up. It's giving up. If we're going to get closer to God, sometimes we got to give up. This really isn't a negative message, y'all. I know when we think of giving up, it's like, come on, man. I don't want to give up. Give me more. Give me more. Sometimes it's a problem. We got too much. But question number one, eight, what am I holding on to? 
You know, as long as I hold on to my stuff, I can't touch God's stuff. My hands are too full. It's like, you know, you ever have your hands full of something and somebody wants to hand you something and, you know, you, God wants to hand us some stuff. But if my hands are so full of my stuff, I can't take a hold of what he's trying to give me. And, you know, the thing about it is God deals with things like heaven and eternal life, joy forevermore, peace, more than enough, victory, and greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. See, that's the stuff God wants to hand to us. But, you know, if my hands are full of my stuff, like, you know, fear and disappointment and sadness, discouragement and lack and about to go under, I can't grab a hold of God's. So I got to give up some of that stuff. And, you know, we just get wrapped up a lot of times, you know, uh, mentally and just whatever, emotionally, man, we're hanging on to some of those things, disappointments and the fears and the discouragements and all that. We're hanging on to them so much we can't grab anything else. And, and God is like he's almost trying to spoon feed us, man, like, come on, take your spinach, son. And we're doing this. I don't we haven't tasted it yet, but we're thinking, I don't think that's going to taste good. God wants to give it to us. He's got good stuff, but we need to let go. These are not things that my physical hands are holding on to. There's, there's no physical hands holding neither one of us from getting closer to God. It's not at all. It's what's in my heart. It's what my heart is wrapped around. That's what's keeping me back from getting closer to God and from giving up those things. Here's how we get there, y'all. You know, we go through life, and at times we experience hardships and painful events and, you know, huge disappointments. You know, and through that, through those things, you know, we find a way to survive. You know, we find something that's going to make us feel peaceful or, or bring us security. But, you know, the thing about it is if we go through those times like that and we're not trusting God, we're going to grab onto something and you know what? It's like we grab onto it and it was such an, something that got me through that crisis that we don't want to let it go now. Because it, we, we remembered it made me feel peaceful. It made me feel secure. But that's my stuff. That's not God's stuff. That's my stuff. And if I keep holding on to that, whether it's through fear. Man, that word just keeps coming up in my spirit. I'm telling you, fear will do a lot to us, you know. Through fear, we'll grab on to stuff in our life. Through fear, you know, we seek for security and protection and a, a way of escape and all that. And fear, and we grab on to those things, and that fear won't let us turn it loose. But if we're going to make it to where God wants us, you know, if you're, if you're in the middle of the lake hanging on to a log for survival, the only way you're going to get to the shore is to let go of the log and start swimming. And sometimes, you know... We just got to start swimming, y'all. We got to let go. But I'm going to tell you, you know, I'm not like preaching fussing because you know what? That's life. You know, we, we do what we got to do to make it sometimes. But, you know, by the grace of God, if we call upon the name of the Lord and let him strengthen us and encourage us, then we have the strength and the power to turn loose of the log and start swimming. Lord knows what's on the shore. Ooh, man, the blessings of God are over there. What God has for me, his purpose, his plan, all of the things of God that he wants to bless me with are over there on the shore. Let's start swimming. Let's start swimming. Now, the next question is this. 
Giving up gets me what? Giving up gets me what? You know, when we give in, when we give in to God, we get a better life. When we give up, we get a better way. We need a better way. Man, I find too many times my ways don't work. But God's ways always work. His always works. Isaiah 55, 9, you've heard the scripture. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Ever, you ever heard someone say, man, they are so stuck in their ways. Don't laugh too loud because, you know, if you're over 20, man, somebody probably said that about you already. <clears throat> you know, we learn, we learn stuff and we get stuck. But, you know, the thing about being stuck is not only are you not going anywhere, but you're not getting anything different. Stuck, man, you stuck. You're not going anywhere. You're not getting anything different than what you've already got. Why do I choose stuck over what God has for me? Why? Why would I do that? You know, although fear of not knowing what, you know, what God has or whatever you know, is a part of that, I think there's something else about that that we need to look at. You know, a significant element of God's ways. You know, that scripture in Isaiah talks about God's ways. They're higher, they're better, they're greater. But a significant thing about God's ways is God's priorities. God's priorities, God's order of doing things, you know. And, you know, if I surrender to God's priorities, does that mean that I'm never going to get what I want? You know, a lot of times that's how we think. If I surrender to God, then, well, I just got to give, give it all up. Man, he may want me to give away my car, my house, and my kids, and who knows what God's going to ask me for, you know. Nah. He wants this. He wants that. Man, you can keep all your stuff. Just give God this, your heart. Give him your heart. Really, that's what he wants. But you know, the devil will tell us, man, God wants all your stuff. And if you surrender to God, man, he's going to take all the fun out of life. And all you're going to get to do is get up on Sunday mornings and go to church and go home and maybe get to watch the same football game. Your brother Ty don't preach too long because they usually start playing at 12 o'clock. And unless you got a DVR, you're going to miss out on that. And then Lord knows that when LSU plays the next time, it's the first night of prayer and fasting. And I'm going to be stuck up here praying and seeking God. And LSU's going to be over there whipping up on Alabama. He's going to take that away from me too. Man, God could delay the game. What was that football game, Brother Nick? Brother Brandon would know. Here a while back, got delayed because all the lights went out. Man, y'all, all of y'all show up Monday night, the ninth, and let me tell you, the lights might go out in the dome, and we'll all get to watch the football game, okay? Whether you got a DVR or not. God is just good like that, man. He knows where you're at, okay? But priorities, let me get back to my notes over here. When we surrender to God, that doesn't mean that he's going to want to strip us of everything we got. Look at this, Psalm 37, verses 3 through 5. <clears throat> Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to, to the Lord and trust also in him, and he'll bring it to pass. You know, when you look at that, now, I know we like that part about, you know, he's going to give me the desires of my heart. But, you know, it's kind of like, that part's enclosed in some other stuff. Trusting and dwelling 
and feeding, that equals walking with the Lord. Walking with the Lord. Seeking the Lord. Lord, what do you have for my life? He's got better, even better than an LSU football game. But you know, when we, when we give in and we begin to walk in his ways, he plants the right desires in our heart. He plants them there. You know, you could probably look back at some things that you wanted in the past and the day you're going, thank you, God, you didn't give me that. Woo, glory. Just feel the fire thinking about it. Bless the Lord. You know, but where's the problem? You know, most of the times, this is it right here. God says, I want you to do steps one through six, and then you're going to get number seven. But we look at that, and we decide, now there's no purpose in steps three and five, so I'm just going to skip those and get to seven quicker. But you know what steps three and five usually are? That's the part where God's working on me to change some stuff in my life. Now, God knows that surely there ain't nothing wrong with me, okay? But that's how we see that. I mean, I can't be the problem, right? Can't be the problem. But when we skip steps three through five, y'all, look out. You know, I think God in his grace sometimes sends us back to step one instead of letting us get to step seven. Because look, if we do all six steps, seven will be a great blessing. But boy, if you skip three and five, it'll be something akin to a nightmare. Especially when it comes to relationships, you know, job positions or opportunities or business deals. Whoo, man. Talk about, we talking long-term misery here. Okay, let me get off of that. You know what I'm talking about, huh? God wants step one through six. And then he'll bless us with seven. Don't skip out. Don't skip out. Okay, number three. I want to talk about giving out. Giving out. What's in the well? All of us, our life is giving out. <clears throat> and so I've got to consider what's in the well. The well that I'm giving out of. In Luke 6... In verse 45, Jesus said, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil, for out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. Now out of the treasure of our heart is going to come what our life gives out. I remember, you know when the pressure's on, man, that's a good asset test, right? I remember, this was years ago, I was helping his brother move, and I, I don't remember exactly what we're doing, but anyway, he was supposed to go someplace to pick up a trailer, and we were going, and he, and he passed it up, and just as he, and we were doing like 50 miles an hour, and just as he passed it up, he realized he did, and what came out of his mouth, it wasn't praise the Lord. See, we got stuff in that well. You know, and that can be an embarrassing situation, but you know what? It's just a good test. Don't be discouraged. Man, it's just time to clean the well out. It's time to clean the well out. And you know, and that's just a sample of what might be down there. 
And so, you know, if we get to see that part, man, there's no telling what else is down in that well. And so we need to let God change that so that we can give out the right stuff. And, you know, it's amazing sometimes what we will find in our well. You know, what, it's amazing sometimes what we will treasure in life. It really is. You know, we can treasure, our treasure can be our own motives, our own desires. You know that tre- our treasure can even be bitterness. We don't want to give up that hatred towards somebody or resentment or unforgiveness. That can be things that we hold on to as a treasure. And you know, the greater we value that evil treasure, the less aware we are of the effects it has on others around us. That's true, y'all. The more we value that, good or bad, but if that's an evil treasure, if it's resentment, bitterness, unforgiveness, you know, that junky stuff, the more we value that and hold on to that, the less we realize what its, its effect is on those around us. It's going to affect those around us, y'all. What's in that well, man? It's going to come out. It's going to come out. Sometimes it doesn't take a lot of pressure to make it come out. But you know, once we give in and we start to give up these things and allow the Lord to begin to direct our lives, and we can give up those things that block the blessings of God in our life, that blocks God from just being able to work on us and set us free from things that hold us back, whether, whether it's anger or just you know, all that stuff that might be down in that well. That well of life can become a fountain of treasure to the kingdom of God and to the others around us. Man, it can, it can be a blessing. It can be a blessing because we're going to give out something. Now, my last question is this. Is the drain stopped up? Is the drain stopped up? You know, in God's Word, He refers to us several times as vessels. In fact, in Luke 9 and verse 15, it says, But the Lord said to him, talking about the Apostle Paul, Go, for, I, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. A chosen vessel. You and I are chosen vessels of the Lord. You're not here by accident. You were drawn by the Spirit of God to Him. Your heart was drawn by Him. And the Lord wants to flow through our lives and affect people and things around us. And, and you know, um, the Mississippi River, a good picture of that. You know, the Mississippi River flows down, and you, know, you ever go see it, especially like, you know, during the early summer or the spring when, boy, when the waters are high, man, that thing is brown. You know, it's bringing all kind of settlement and silt coming down that river, you know, from up north. And it reaches the, the Mississippi Delta, and of course, flows out into the Gulf, and it affects a lot of things, a lot, you know, fish and whatever. It just affects a lot of stuff. But, you know, the good thing about that is that settlement that falls, that it builds up the river. And what I mean, it actually extends the river. If you look at a map of Louisiana, you know what I'm talking about. Man, that boots, the toe of that boot sticks way out. And that's from all the settlement. And so because the Mississippi River has all that flowing through it, it actually keeps growing. It, it builds itself up. And, you know, that's the same thing with us. That, that as we allow the Lord to flow through us as a vessel, 
it not only ministers and blesses others, but it builds us up. It builds us up. You know, we cannot outgive God. You can't outgive God. When you just give in and give out, man, you can't outgive God. It's going to flow. What flows through your life is going to bless you. It's going to be a blessing. It's going to be a building up to your life too. And I, I just feel like the Lord it wants to give us an opportunity today to make some decisions. Really. He wants us to make some decisions today on what am I going to do about the Lord in my life in 2012? What am I going to do? Will I give up my ways and give him a chance to show himself strong on my behalf? You know, well, am I going to let him be the one that's going to speak to me and make decisions and give me direction in life instead of me being the one that's in charge? Am I willing to let God do that? You know, I'm, I'm kind of simple, and God just kind of shows me things, simple things, you know? You ever had a, a drain that was stopped up, you know, like a sink or a laboratory? You know, when you go get a bottle of Drano, and you pour it in there, and you let it set. This is what the Lord told me that he was going to do today. As I was talking about these things, that the Holy Spirit was going to be putting some spiritual Drano in what's got you stopped up in your vessel. And you know what you do? You put the plug and you fill that thing up with water. You let it set for a while, then you pull the plug, man. And when that water goes through that drain, it just flushes the clog out. And this is what the Lord said. When you begin to come up here, those of you that want to come and get ready for the new year and make some decisions, as you begin to come up here, the Holy Spirit is going to be filling your sink up with water. And when you get up here, we're going to pull the plug. And it's going to flush the clog. That's not my idea, y'all. The Lord told me that. And so the call today is, what are we going to do with the Lord in 2012? Or better, what are we going to allow the Lord to do with me in 2012? Am I going to stay where I was, maybe stuck, and get the same things I got? Or maybe you got some good stuff and you want more? But step number one is to give in. And the first thing, if you've never given in to the Lord and allowed him to be your savior, you got to start there. And so if you're in here today and maybe you're visiting with us or maybe you just never made that decision, I want to start with that. Because you need to give in to the spirit of God that's dealing with you right now and where you are in life. Just give in to him so that he can have his way. He can cleanse you of, of your sin and put you in right standing with God and so that you can just surrender your life to him and let him be in charge, receive the blessings of God. And then maybe you, there's some things in your life that you need to give up. Not necessarily that it's you know, sin or bad things because you know, we can hold on to some good things. But if our hands are full of last year's good things, then we can't grab a hold of this year's good things. So there's nothing wrong, you know, we can be full of good things, but he's got some more good things. You know, I, I just want to say this, you know, I know, 
you know, that most of us in here have been walking with God, just saved. And, but, but you know, sometimes Christians can be more stuck than lost folks. And, and you know, the reason is, is that, you know, God touches our life and blesses us and brings us out of the darkness that we were living in and sets us free from some stuff. And man, it's so good that, whoo, man, we just, we want to remember that, but we tend to want to hold on to that. And just like, oh God, I'm so thankful for what you did. But sometimes we'll get so busy holding on to what God did a year ago or five years ago or 10 or 15 years ago that we don't realize that he's got more. And we stay stuck in last year's blessings. You don't have to worry. He's got some more. He's got some more. And so you can give up what you had so you can grab a hold to what's new so that we can be vessels that can give out. I want you to stand. We're going to pray. If you, uh, if you want to allow the Spirit of God to just flush through your life this morning and make those changes, begin that path this new year, I want to invite you to come up. Just, just go ahead and begin coming up right now, and we're going to pray. I want the Lord... I know the Lord is going to do what he said that he would do. So you don't have to stay where you've been. I don't care how long you've served God. You don't have to stay where you've been. It's a new year. It's a new day. God's got new stuff. He's got new blessings. He's never short. I want some of you, the prayer altar workers, y'all come on up. Because I want everybody to get hands laid on them this morning. And I just believe that when they lay hands on you, that's when the Holy Spirit is going to pull that plug and it's going to flush whatever the clog's been in your life. And let's begin to pray. Father God, we just thank you for you working in our life today, oh God. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that you love us so much that you would not leave us where we are. God, you would not leave us in 2012 when you're moving into, you would not leave us in 2011 when you're moving in 2012. God, it's already here. Lord, we don't want to be left behind and watch the cloud move on. Lord, we don't want to be left behind and watch the fire move on. God, we want to be under the fire and under the cloud. And Lord, we just thank you for what you're going to do. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you right now, Holy Spirit, for moving among your people, altar workers. Y'all just begin to pray and lay hands on everyone that's up here. Father, we just thank you right now in the name of the Lord. And just, Lord, just touch everyone in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, right now for your hand upon every believer here today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's some of us that we've had things that we've been stuck in for a long, long time. For a long, long time. And I'm just believing with you today that the Lord is going to flush the clog that's had you, that's made you stay right there, that's held you there. I just thank you, Lord, right now for moving and touching your people in the name of the Lord, in the name of the, of the Lord. Now, those of you that are still out, you can be free. We're going to minister to these. If you want to stay and just be interceding for these that's up here, we just thank you for pressing in and making that decision. Even if you didn't come up here, you know, you make the decision. What are you going to do in 2012 about your spiritual life? 
you know, we're going to start next Sunday fasting and praying and seeking God. Maybe you've never done that, but I want you to, to be really diligent. Seek God and ask him what he would have you do. Join in the body of Christ and begin seeking God for what he's going to do in your life this year. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord.